While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. That was uh, Lieutenant Governor, uh, Democrat Lieutenant Governor nominee and current mayor of Salem, Kim Driscoll. Uh, I forgot to tell her I was going to be in Salem this on Saturday. Damn. I totally forgot. Oh, well. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. Hey, hey. If, you t- if you tell the mayor, uh, you, you know, you'll grovel a little more. Maybe you'll get the key to the city when you go up there. You think I was groveling? No, no. I Actually, I, I didn't hear it. I just, the uh, you said you, you forgot to mention that you got to be Yeah, I wanted to mention what, that what, to what, her. What did you expect that I'd give you? A, 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 no, I just wanted to see if she was going <laughs> to, no, no. I just wanted to see if she was going to be there. She's going to be yeah. in Salem. She's probably going to be campaigning. She's, you know, it's Saturday, so it's it's a good day to hit the, you know, go out and do canvas kickoffs and stuff people, like there's that. There's a lot of people visiting Salem, you know, at this, this, this time of year. It's going to be but, uh, it's going to be crazy. I've been up there a couple of times. I went up there. I was actually there last year, um, not right on Halloween, but you know, a bus up from New Bedford and um, the poor restaurateurs didn't have enough people there were some space restrictions still i think but they didn't have enough uh, staff oh. to handle the crowd and they i mean they were yeah this is the big this is they do this is the big day for the big you know week a couple of weeks for them up there yeah so there's a lot of folks get up there it's it's, a, it's very interesting kind of kind of cool to get up there yeah um Hey, I, I I just curious. You you want to uh, would you would you delve into the, the national politics a little bit? Is that all right? Depends. <laughs> well, so um, so I earlier today uh, the ABC News, um, the radio feed, and, and the, the the nightly news. Um, the first two before the Raleigh active shooter took over. I just listened to the last uh, the nine o'clock hour. It was uh, the first story was the Raleigh active shooter. The second one was um, the subpoena of Trump, and then the third one was the Parkland shooter of a verdict uh, sentencing. Okay. Um, earlier in the day, it was number one. 
Trump subpoenaed number two, um, the Supreme Court rejected Trump's lawyer's appeal yeah, yeah. Uh, for the special you know, master. I actually do want to talk about that. I think that was so. This is this is interesting. What's what's interesting? Was that a, was that a shadow docket? Uh, was that a, what they call the shadow docket? I'm not sure if it was on the shadow docket, but. Um, Here's what I think is interesting about about the because, you know, it's an excuse for I think this is going to be used as an excuse to say, like, OK, see, the Supreme Court isn't ideological. But I think what's interesting about this, even though, you know, there's three Trump appointed justices, um, the the thing about the, the Supreme Court is so you're familiar with the Federalist Society. Yeah. For for people who aren't, the Federalist Society is basically uh, an organization that started, um, uh, you know, by uh, some conservative uh, thought leaders in the conservative legal movement, such as Edwin Meese, who was Reagan's attorney general, uh, right. and, and Robert Bork, who was a Supreme Court nominee himself, who was a Supreme Court uh, hopeful himself. Yeah, yeah, professor. But, right. Yeah, but it was canned by uh, you know he was he was on the um, he was on the D.C. circuit. I believe he was on the D.C. circuit with Ruth. Ruth Ginsburg and Antonin Scalia, but he got mm-hmm. ca- he basically got canned. Uh, Ted Kennedy uh, led in a led a um, led a, a coalition yeah, that, against him. Yeah, right. But, right. but but the Federalist Society. Here's the thing, you know, if you ever want to look up like what it's like to play the long game, like how to really play the long game, that's what the Federalist Society is. The Federalist Society is uh, really. You know, and I and I don't like that it's happened. They're like, it's, they're like acorn on the right. Yeah, they're they're well, they're they're effective though. They're the, the they're, they're like they're like they're like they're like um, uh, voting uh, Nancy Nancy Pelosi's um, voter harvesting in HR one. You know, but on the other side, let's <laughs> let's, let's let's take play the long game. Well, right. well they they they, but they've did done you, a master. Did you have at UMass Boston? Uh, I'm sorry, at UMass Law School. Who? Was the Federal Society active at UMass Law? It, so went, so right? UMass Law was, so when I was there, it just, the the Federal Society had just started, I think, when I was a 3L at UMass Law, because UMass Law was still a fairly new thing when I had started there. So they had just opened up a chapter of the, Federal, uh, the Federalist Society. But the Federalist Society, for people who don't know, is a legal advocacy organization that basically uh, centers around a legal principle that, like, if it's not mentioned in the plain text of the law, then it shouldn't, you know, then it shouldn't be read into the law, basically. And it was a reaction to the civil rights movement, um, a reaction against the civil rights movement. But um, what they've done a masterful job uh, doing is recruiting and farming uh, judicial no- uh, judicial uh, nominees and judicial picks um, to sit on these benches throughout the um, you know to sit on federal and state benches and to pra- you know to handle big uh, you know to handle uh, major cases to practice in law to teach in law and they've been largely successful now because they've got a supermajority in the Supreme Court so they really play the long long game they've got this grand like intellectual project basically that they are seeing through it's pretty it's appealing though not, more, not just to uh, you know the alt right yeah it's a, it's a yeah right the the principle uh, the the that's and it's the it's the democrats it's the liberals uh failure in trying to they haven't been able to synthesize a simple policy like a simple digestible policy prescription on how to read the law the way that the conservatives the, have the, have the done latest, it the, the latest uh, justice uh, uh, I'm gonna get her name wrong. Amy Coney Barrett. No, no. Come on, Marcus. The, the latest, latest justice. Huh? The what? 
the last justice appointed. Oh, oh, oh! I thought we were talking about the death. last. I thought we were talking about the last Republican justice. The last justice appointed was uh, Kentaji Brown Jackson. John Brown Jackson. Yeah. I, I always get her name wrong. Um, she confessed to be uh, being somewhat of a um, originalist as well. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, actually, Paul Paul but, Ryan. But I mean, but that, but that, the my just the reason why I bring that up is it's <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the point: of, is not is not a um a, a, a wing of the Republican uh, the party. Why, it's, the, wait, wait, hold on, wait. What'd you say? The Federalist. Yeah, no, society. that's 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 not true. That's not true. That's not true. It's, it's that's not true. Philosophy. I mean, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They judicial, philo- judicial philosophy. It's a, it's a political project, a really successful one. But but the point I'm trying to make is the reason, you know, you can't say that the like this isn't this this case by the Supreme Court, right, to to deny to deny Trump a special master, you know, had they to refuse nis- to hear it. Yeah. Refuse to hear it. Right. To, yeah, so whatever, so they refuse yeah. to even hear it. OK, so they res- so they refuse. So, OK, let's. All right. Let me just start from square one. So to, to get a, to get a case heard by the Supreme Court, you need to petition for a writ of certiorari Four justices. Only you only need four justices to vote in favor uh, of approving the writ of certiorari. He's appointed three of them, which uh, so like and I'm, I'm going to guess not even like all three of them granted the writ and the other ones didn't. But the point I'm trying to make is even though Donald Trump helped make the Supreme Court, right, by appointing three of these justices, it doesn't matter. They're not going to rule in his favor because I think what it be because the they Supreme Court, right? well, no, they don't have integrity. The Supreme oh. Court, no, it's because they have foresight. They know that this, they know that Donald Trump is a blip in the radar <laughs> of the grand project that they're trying to accomplish. That's why they don't, they, there's no Trump project. There is the conservative textualism or originalism movement for the these supreme court justices and actually trump would be i think at this point um harmful uh counterproductive to their to their project and to rule on a decision affirmatively for donald trump this crazy like the special master if, thing if, if, in, if in 1996 the justices had uh, by a majority had they used uh, strict constructionism or Original intent, original uh, meaning of uh, intent of the Fourteenth Amendment. Do you think Plessy versus Ferguson would uh, would have? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Plessy versus Ferguson, 1996, separate but equal. Plessy versus Ferguson was overturned by by in 1954. By Brown versus Edge. They, yeah. they didn't use they didn't use strict construction as a man. No, because it wasn't because it wasn't conceptualized. But, it, but, but the original, but the original, if the original court had considered the intent of the Fourteenth Amendment as it was written, instead of bowing to the political pressure uh, of separate. You know, I mean the, the equal. Doctrine. I think the equal. I mean the equal protection law. I think the equal. My the, point is, a federalist judge would have would not have voted for, uh, and, and it would, would not have been in the majority in Plessy versus Ferguson. If he can, uh, if he can, if he can, if he can, you know, reverse engineer it. Yeah, I think you're assuming that is, that is judicial philosophy, right? You've studied it probably more than me. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really judicial activism uh, more than anything. It's not. I mean, the, the the problem is, is that there's no separating the politics from the from the um, from the from the uh, from the jurisprudence. Not 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 when you know uh, Charles Schumer is marching out, threatening the court, you know, in front of the court. Um, so anyway, the, the the reason why I called was it was just it was it was interesting that ABC 
finally get the Raleigh story. But they, the lead all day long was that January 6th committee is mm-hmm. subpoenaing, as issued a subpoena for former President Trump. You know what? You know what? The one story that's missing, and, and I'd like you to consider it, is that the trial of uh, Igor. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce his last name. That the, the Durham probe is uh, is brought up charges. Well, Igor, Igor, what? Danchenko. Danchenko. Okay. Something like that. But the but I'm an FBI, Igor Olshansky, but that's a that's a that's a football guy. That's a football <laughs> player. So, so this is Durham looking into the the, the origins of the uh, of the probe and of the collusion, Russian collusion thing. And the FBI offered um, Christopher Steele a million dollars to corroborate his his dossier, and he never did. He never got the money, and so they knew he was lying. And they still used the dossier in front of the FISA court. For the for the you know for the actions that they took afterwards. So who's more corrupt, Donald Trump or the FBI? Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've never been a. I, I think they're both equally pretty corrupt. I, I've never been a. I've never been a supporter of of really the, the FBI. I I don't think you know. I'm not saying either one's more as corrupt more corrupt than the other. I think they're both pretty um pretty irredeemably corrupt. Frankly, uh, you know, I, but, but ABC News doesn't doesn't seem to be too worried about. Yeah, they wouldn't be the FBI corruption. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be. It, but they, but if it, you know, when they suppress the Hunter Biden laptop, ABC didn't care about that either. They were you know, jumping right on like said, this is Russian disinformation. Yeah, I think the Hunter Biden laptop is is a dead end politically. For I, I just don't think people are going to care. Well, how about, how, well, yeah, you don't care. But I mean, do you think that? Joe Biden's family or history is more corrupt than Donald Trump's was and his family prior to, prior to uh, entering the office. Uh, is more corrupt? Yeah, so so Joe Biden and his family prior to uh, becoming the 46th president and and, yeah, um, I, I mean, uh, again, family prior to becoming the 45th, which family was what, more corrupt? More, cor- more, of, more corrupt? Public, yeah, in terms of public corruption. Public corruption? I mean, Donald Trump lost, basically lost a, a lawsuit from Nixon's Department of Justice for discriminating against black people for public housing. You sure right. about that? You talking about his grandfather, and you're wrong about he, that. No, I was wrong. Ahead. No, I'm not wrong about that. No, they they <laughs> they they had it. They had an incredibly one sided settlement, so that they didn't have to admit fault to it. And then they did it again and got sued again by the Justice Department. And it wasn't his grand. He was involved in it. it wasn't his grandfather. And you just said, and you said not I Trump, the Trump family. Sorry, you, you, said the, yeah, you said yeah, the yeah, Trump no, family. Said, no, go, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. So compare that to uh, so so they got rich by. By getting favorable, yeah. Uh, not to mention, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not, 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 yeah. I mean, not to mention Trump's, you know, ties to the mob, um, the, you know, the uh, Gambino crime family. Roy Cohn was his, one of his best friends. I, I, I don't, I don't think either is more corrupt or less corrupt. I don't even think it matters. You know, they're both corrupt people that you know. Are, but you know, but you would never, you would never consider uh, Biden's corruption. 
Oh, no, I, I think, like I said, I think they're both corrupt. I think it's an, it's like a, it's, it's like a, it's like pedantic to to say who's more corrupt because they're both corrupt people that hold that have held the most powerful on, office on, in the on, world. On, on, on that note, uh, Marcus, I want to give you a great line from the Three Stooges. Okay. About about uh, pedantry. <laughs> okay. Are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? And uh, they each answer, and then it gets the curly thing. It's not me. I'm a pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man. Thanks for taking the call. Have a great night. No problem. You too. Right, I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. 1420 WBSM. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. Um, uh, I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. We've got Jeff Swift, Dr. Jeff Swift, who is the candidate for state rep, Republican candidate for state rep. So we'll be in with him tomorrow, and we'll be taking your calls, too, at 508-996-0500. Plus, it's, just, it's a Friday night show. The fun stuff happens on Friday night. It's crazy. Just like it's fun. We get some we get some good calls, we get some weird calls. We really get some the the calls that come in on Friday are really something else. Our people are just ready to let loose. And and when you're ready to let loose, you, you call into to South Coast tonight and, and let people know how you feel. Um that seems to have been, been happening the last couple Fridays, so we're looking forward to that happening again tomorrow on South Coast tonight. So anyway, so listen, um, I did want to make this announcement. Uh, I've been hinting at it for a while, but, uh, and we'll keep talking about it, but we've been talking about the sheriff's race. We've got that debate on Wednesday. Uh, that's commercial free for two hours. Um, between Attleboro mayor, Paul Haro, uh, and the challenger, uh, Tom Hodgson, the sheriff, Tom Hodgson. And that's going to be fun. We're going to take your calls. Uh, we're going to, they're going to go at it. We're going to, you know, we're going to have a great time. It's going to be great radio and it's going to be a great opportunity for you to hear these candidates on the issues. Cause I think that's important, but we're also going to have a debate for another important office down here in the South Coast, in the southeastern region of the Commonwealth, for a good, a really good chunk of our listening audience and beyond, because we have the WBSM app, we have WBSM.com, we have the podcast, so we can reach out, we can reach everybody in the entire world, but we can definitely reach everybody in Plymouth County. We know we have a great Plymouth County listening audience. You know, we've got you people in Plymouth, Lakeville, Middleborough, Carver, and we've got you, Mattapoiset, Marion, Rochester, Wareham. We know you've, we, we've got you guys out there listening. And we're going to have a debate for district attorney between Rasan Hall and Tim Cruz. DA, uh, DA, can, uh, DA Tim Cruz, who's been the district attorney for Plymouth County since 2001, Republican. He's running against Rasan Hall. Uh, civil rights attorney, uh, the Democratic challenger, a former prosecutor himself. That's a huge race. There is a lot of money going that race. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think over a half a million dollars has been poured into that race. And you've seen some high-profile names make their endorsements in these in those elections. You've seen Tim Cruz be endorsed by Charlie Baker. You've seen Rasan Hall be endorsed by Maura Healy and Kim Driscoll. Right, you've seen uh, Elizabeth Warren and Ed Markey endorse Rasan Hall, uh, members of Congress, right? And you've seen Sheriff Tom Hodgson endorse Tim Cruz, right? So there's there are um, that is the most watched 
district attorney's race in the entire state. And this is something that impacts a, a great deal of you. Not just if you honestly, and we have a lot of Plymouth County listeners, just to, you know, just five minutes from this station is the county line between Plymouth and Bristol. When you cross over to Mattapoisett, when you cross over to Rochester, and cross over to Marion, right? That's Lakeville. Like I said, I just listed a lot of the towns that a lot of the Plymouth County towns that we know. We've got people out there that are that are that are following South Coast tonight and following WBSM, and it's it's an, impo- an incredibly important race because it's a lot like the district attorney's race, uh, the the sheriff's race in Bristol County, where you you really do have these different candidates with different visions for how they're going to. Um, run their, you know, run their respective offices and how they see criminal justice being um, executed uh, in those offices, how they see their vision in criminal justice being carried out. So it's so important. It was really important to us that we get this, that we get this debate between Tim Cruz and Rasan Hall. You've heard Tim Cruz here. He came in back at the end of August DA, um, DA Cruz. We sat with him for an hour. We took your calls. You heard Rasan Hall. We sat with him for an hour. We took your calls uh, on that race. So we know that you're interested and we know that you want to see what's going on with this race. Even if you live in Bristol County, I mean, it's, it's your neighboring County. The things that happen, uh, in Plymouth County matter over here and vice versa. Things that happen in Bristol County matter over there. So you got to be interested in these races. I'm really interested in these races. And so it was, it was really important to me that we not only get the Brist- Bristol County Sheriff's debate, because, you know, I think we're, we're ground zero for the coverage on that on that race, but uh, also also the Plymouth County uh, District Attorney's de- uh, debate, because we know there's a lot of you out, out there that are, that, you know, do want to hear from the people that want to be your district attorney. You know, you, I, I, you know, was driving down Mattapoise the other day on Route 6, and I saw a big Tim Cruz billboard. I saw Rasan Hall signs on North Street in Mattapoise, right? So we know that there's interest in this race. And again, two starkly different people with two starkly different visions, I think. And if you're interested in hearing more from them, you can look at our podcasts on WBSM.com. You can find uh, you can find those interviews. But uh, I think there were great interviews. I think they both enjoyed their time here talking with us. Obviously, you know, I, I'm a I'm an attorney, so. Um, I really enjoy the conversation just from a, you know, just from a professional standpoint, but, uh, and also because it's, 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 it's an issue, criminal justice issues are something I, I really, um, I really care about and I hope you care about too. So October 31st at seven o'clock, Monday, October 31st at seven o'clock, Tim Cruz, the district attorney, Rasan Hall, the challenger, civil rights attorney, Rasan Hall, are going to be here in studio. That is one of two debates. I know that they have another. De- uh, they have another radio debate uh, at a station um, in the in the South Shore, or the, the the South Shore station that they have up there in Marshfield. But we're the first. We're the second debate in that one. So in the sheriff's uh, debate, we're the first one. In this debate, we're the second one. And there's been a lot of conversations lately, you know, I think uh, about, you know, how, uh, you know, uh, about progressive prosecution, about case diversion. You know, we've had some we've had some primary challenges. You know, we've had some primary challenges here um, down here, you know, in Bristol County. We've had, a, you know, we had a Democratic primary, not a very competitive one, but we had a Democratic primary for for Bristol County D.A., 
right? We I had Tom Quinn on the show actually. I saw actually saw DA Quinn yesterday. He's interested in coming back on, so we're definitely going to get him back on too. Um, you know, you, you had the the very contentious and pretty nasty race up in Suffolk County, uh, in Berkshire County, all the way in Western Mass. There was a really contentious race in which the the Democratic incumbent lost by a significant amount. The Democratic incumbent in the DA's race in Berkshire County, Andrea Harrington, lost by a lot. Lost by a lot, actually, but to a defense attorney uh, named Timothy Chagru uh, over there in Western Mass. In the Cape, Michael O'Keefe, longtime Republican DA, Michael O'Keefe, he's leaving. Um, it looks like it looks like Dan Higgins is going to win that seat. I, I, a Republican, Dan Higgins, is. Pro- I, I can't imagine he doesn't keep that seat. He seems to have the experience. He's getting backed by DA uh, by DA O'Keefe. He. Um, it's a it's a conservative area of the state that he's running in. I, I think I think Higgins is going to take it there. Um, really, I think Higgins is, and I I don't know much about the Democratic challenger. He's not orig- even originally from the Cape. It, it seems weird that they. I feel like you wait so long t- to to get my uh, to get uh, O'Keefe out of the office, and 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 you know that's I was like that's the best you can do. But whatever. So. Um, Monday, October 31st, Brisson Hall, the challenger, DA Tim Cruz, the incumbent, they're going to be here on WBSM. They're really excited about the opportunity to come here and talk to you guys, too, uh, about the issues they think are important. That is That, one, that format is going to be different from the sheriff's debate. We're going to go commercial-free on that one, too, from 7 to 8. We're going to go commercial-free on the, um, on, the, on, the, on the Plymouth County DA's debate. But, it's go- well, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be between... between um, between oh i just gotta great it's a breaking news tweet by uh wbsm yeah so we're gonna have the plymouth county da's debate uh i'm really excited about it um i hope you're excited about it too i know when we had both of those candidates on we got a lot of calls there were a lot of people interested in um, in speaking with these candidates and getting their position on things, you know, Chris and I have, have have discussed a little bit of the core philosophies of that of that race. You know, um, you know, Tim Cruz uh, is more of a, a I don't want to I suppose more of a law law and order type of guy, um, but he does believe in diversion for for um, certain cases. Diversion, of course, is um, basically you know not seeing a case through to a conviction. Right, not trying to see a case through to a conviction. It's dismissing a case or bringing it to a drug court or bringing it to mental health court or some type of alternative resolution than trying to either get a plea deal or uh, get a plea deal or go to trial. Right, you know um, that's basically what um, what diversion is 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 not seeing a case through. Um, to uh, a conviction. D.A. Cruz believes in it. I think Rasan Hall probably believes in it a little bit more for certain things. And I thought they both very, did a very good job explaining, um, you know, the positions that they had. I liked when D.A. Cruz was talking about the the extra programs that they have going on other than, you know, just prosecuting people. 
you know, he said, we're not your grandfather's DA's office. He talked about the work they did in the opioid task force. Um, Rasan Hall, I think, was a, did a really good job of, of talking about, you know, the types of things like getting rid of cash bail, like, the, you know, uh, the, the need to get rid of cash bail, which honestly, I'm a believer in, uh, for, in a lot of circumstances. You've seen it work in a lot of places. New Jersey, I think, is a model of actually getting rid of cash bail and moving to a case management system. Um, because people shouldn't be locked up because of their inability to pay. Your, your solvency shouldn't be a reason uh, to, to be detained. So, um, you know, and I've dealt with clients uh, that I've had, you know, that have, uh, you know, $100 cash bail, but that holds them and that holds them that that's, uh, they could, you can lose your kids, you can lose your job, right? You can lose your apartment, you can lose everything over $100. And I think it's worth mentioning too, and this kind of plays into the sheriff's debate, uh, the sheriff's election, too. I think it's worth mentioning, and I saw the, a great column in the New Bedford Light about this um, that was written by Arthur Hirsch, but most people that are being held in the House of Correction in anywhere, actually, most people being held anywhere in the country, like the majority of people being held in a, in, in, in a, in a, in a prison or jail, they... Uh, they haven't been convicted of the thing they're being held for yet. They're most most of the people are people awaiting trial. That's true of the of the um, Bristol County Sheriff's Office. Too. I think it's about seven hundred people in uh, in Bristol County between Ashtree and Dartmouth, and about four hundred and sixty of them are people awaiting trial. So they haven't been convicted of the thing they're being charged with yet, which is a serious thing. I mean, I you know. I could get. I could dive deeper into that uh, about why that matters and how that impacts plea deals and all of that. But um, I really just wanted to make the announcement that the Plymouth County DA's debate between Rasan Hall and Tim Cruz is going to be on ten thirty one. I've talked to local uh, to local people that are um, you know really looking at those races. People from the Tri Town, people from Marion, Rochester, Mattapoisett, and you know they all have eye on that race and they've been looking for. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a debate in the, like in the South Shore media for it, but, um, but there's no debate really for the Southern part of Bristol County, right? Here in Mattapoisett, here in Marion, here in Rochester, here in Lakeville, right? Middleborough, Plymouth. Now we know we've got people out there too, Carver. So there's really no where him. There's, there. There's a Northern part of the county debate. There isn't a Southern part of the county debate. So we're really happy to, to to bring that to you guys. Um, so that's one of two debates. So we have half of the, we have half the share of debates for the two biggest races in Southeastern Massachusetts, the two most hotly contested races in Southeastern Massachusetts, hundreds of thousands of dollars are being poured into these races. There have been uh, endorsements from governors, current governors, from future governors, from senators, from uh, Congress members of Congress, and you get to hear the the candidates in these races here at WBSM. And in the case of the sheriff's race, you get to call in and ask them a question yourself. I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about that. All right, I'm going to take a break, and uh, we'll take your calls. Open phone phone lines. Call and talk about whatever you want at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. But this is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Listen to us live. Look at the figures uh, for this race, actually. Um, just some of the, the just, the, you know, I was telling you about how much interest there is in the, in the Plymouth County DA's race and how, how much attention is being paid into it. Again, you, you've heard um, Elizabeth Warren, Ed Markey, Moore Healy, uh, Kim Driscoll endorse 
uh, Rasan Hall, members of Congress endorse him. Um, you know, and, and on Tim Cruz's side, he's got you know all all the Republican sheriffs, including Sheriff Hodge. He's got uh, Charlie Baker endorsing him. Um, so I mean, there's just there is. You know, a lot of people are looking at this race and seeing it. I mean, Tim Cruz has been, I think, um, Tim Cruz has been very strong in his, his re-election efforts. He was first appointed in 2001. Uh, for people who don't know, he was first appointed by in 2001 by acting Governor Jane Swift. Uh, he then ran for uh, uh, election in um, 2002 to a full term, and he beat his Democratic opponent handedly. Um, he ran unopposed a couple times, but I think it's in 2002 and 2010 and 2018, at least he's won and won fairly easily. But I think there's, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of interest for, 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 um, for, for, uh, Rasan Hall for attorney Hall. Cause I'm looking at the numbers now just on the year to date total, total money raised you have for Rasan Hall. Well, for Tim Cruz, the incumbent, $143,000 raised. Now, I think he already has a couple thousand dollars in the bank. A couple, I think he already had a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank. You know, he's raised over a million in his tenure. But he, in the last year, you've seen $143,000 raised for Tim, uh, Tim Cruz. For Rasan Hall, according to, OC, according to OCPF, these are, the, these are the numbers for uh, OCPF. According to the Democratic, uh, uh, to OCPF, the Democratic challenger Rasan Hall has raised $275,000 in this uh, in this race. So they're, they're approaching and there's going to be more money coming in. I know there's other fundraisers planned. There is, um, and I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at the other races to see, you know, how much, how much total money has been raised, if any at all. And it looks like, I, I don't know if there's any, um, challengers that have been as financially backed as, as, uh, Rasan Hall has, uh, has been, but, um, you know, Tim, Looking at the trying to look at the cash, cash on hand. He's got about eighty six thousand uh, dollars year to date expenditure. He spent about one hundred sixty nine thousand dollars. So the money's you know like easy come easy go in this election. You're seeing that a lot with the sheriff election too. I think Paul Harrow's raised about a hundred and thirty some odd thousand, maybe a hundred and forty thousand over the course of the election. Hodgson's raised one hundred and ten fifteen thousand uh, over the course of this election. Um, you know, Hodgson obviously had the benefit of of, of having the the three hundred thousand dollars to uh, three hundred thousand dollars to start. He has a lot more money to move his message, and didn't have a primary like Harrow did, where he had to spend some of that money uh, to 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 win the primary. You know, pay mailers are expensive, right? So, you know, even that mean mailer uh, that he got some <laughs> that he got some uh, flack for. So. Um, you know, but you're still seeing uh, a lot of I, Haru continues to raise. I've actually been very impressed with his fundraising um, since he he jumped into the race because he started with basically thirty. You know, he, he say he says he start he started with thirty bucks in a website. Um, is basically how he started the sheriff's race. You know, because he presumably spent his money on his mayoral campaigns uh, to to get reelection. So, 
Um, I, I'm impressed at how well he's done uh, at um, at raising money for this uh, for this race. So those are the I mean those are the two highest spending races in this in southeastern Massachusetts by far. And the reason is is because people know that this is a big opportunity for for each of them. You know, for the people behind Cruz, the people behind Hall, Rasan Hall, for the people behind Hodgson, for the people behind. Um, uh, hero, they know this is a major opportunity and we're really excited, uh, to, to be a part of, you know, your deliberation and choosing who you vote for in this, in, in these very, very important elections, whether or not you're going to vote for, you know, a Rasan Hall or Tim Cruz for district attorney, whether or not you're going to vote for, uh, Sheriff Hodgson or Paul Hero for, for, um, for Sheriff, right? Uh, we're really happy to be a part of, of of helping you make that decision by having these debates here with Chris and I. And uh, we're really excited about it. Those debates are each going to be commercial-free, a commercial-free debate between um, between the candidates. So uh, we're really happy to have our commercial partners. Uh, they keep the lights on, right? Um, but uh, these debates need to be free-flowing. And they need to be uninterrupted so that we can get as much time in with these candidates as possible in the limited time that we have with them for them to make their points. So with that, I'll take one more break before we close out the show. Uh, I am closing out this uh, show right now, actually. It's, uh, it's pretty much done. Just got a couple minutes left. And all I really have to say is, you know, tune in tomorrow. You know, you wake up with Phil and Tim, then Barry, then Howie, and then Friday night, South Coast night, our Friday night shows are so fun. We get so many crazy calls. We get so many calls that, like, really are are, are wild and unexpected. And uh, we hope you're you're one of those calls. Um, And uh, we're going to have Jeff Swift on who's the candidate for uh, state rep for the Republicans um, in the 10th personal district. He's running to be my state rep, actually. So we're definitely going to have some questions for him uh, tomorrow. And you can actually give him a call, too, at 508-996-0500. Chris will be in studio as well. And it'll it'll be be a good time. We're going to have fun. We, we, We have fun here, don't we, folks? We definitely do. Definitely do. Go check out the podcast. We've got a great interview with Mayor Mitchell from yesterday. I thought it was really, really fun. And Justin Thurber, the, the Republican candidate for state rep, we had him on too. We had a great uh, interview with both of them. But the Mitchell interview was really good, um, talking about you know the need to pay city city department heads more and development on the waterfront. It's just a lot of fun. So. Uh, definitely check out our podcast feature. You can go anywhere where podcasts are offered, or you can go to WBSM.com and go to our on-demand feature. If you go to on-demand, you'll find it South Coast Tonight. Every single hour that we've recorded, every single hour that we've recorded is available for you if you want to uh, catch something that you missed. All right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow, Friday night. Looking forward to it.